This is the To Health With That, Naturally Healthy in No Time podcast for big health topics taken in small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor Amy Nuzel, and this is season one, all about the MTHFR mutation. Hello, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about what to eat for MTHFR mutants, because this is actually a really big category. So we've been talking a lot about natural folate and its food sources versus synthetic folic acid, which is actually toxic in high doses for everybody, not just MTHFR folks. So in theory, we kind of get our head around this. But in reality, what does it actually look like? Right? Let's dive in. How much folate are we talking about here? Do you have to actually bathe in the stuff? No, not at all. MTHFR folks might need to adjust based on their own response, but generally we're aiming for pretty much the same target as everybody else. According to Harvard University School of Public Health, daily folate needs for adults are 400 micrograms. Now that goes up if you're pregnant or lactating, 600 micrograms in pregnancy, 500 micrograms in lactation, and in lots of special situations in pregnancy, it'll go up way further than that. People who regularly drink alcohol should also be aiming for the 600 microgram benchmark because alcohol impairs folate absorption. And children, it goes from anywhere from 65 micrograms up to 400 micrograms at age 14. So children younger than 14, that dose needs to be adjusted. Naturally occurring folate is present in lots of the foods you probably already eat, and also in some that might be new to you. But here are the 10 foods highest in natural folate, according to the USDA Nutrition Data website. Edamame. Yay! One of my favorites, right? Edamame, a little bit of salt, so, so good. Even my daughter will eat it, is the highest food in folate per uh, serving size. So 100 grams of edamame will give you 311 micrograms of naturally occurring folate. And in a cup of edamame, that's 482 micrograms. Boom, your daily serving is done if you can eat a whole cup of edamame. Although I think that's kind of a lot of edamame. Lentils are next on the list. And with related foods to lentils, right? Roman beans, black-eyed peas, pinto beans, chickpeas, black beans, all of those have a really good amount of folate in them. Asparagus, cooked asparagus is very high. 149 micrograms per 100 grams, which is seven spears of asparagus. Good Lord. Uh, I definitely eat more than seven spears in a sitting. So um, asparagus is a great one. Spinach, 146 micrograms per 100 grams of spinach, which is not that much spinach. Although if you're eating it raw, 100 grams is like a gigantic amount because it weighs nothing. <laughs> Cooked broccoli, nice and high in folate. Now, by far the best bang for your buck is Marmite, which is a yeast extract, which is 100 micrograms of folate per an 8-gram serving, but 8 grams of Marmite is like enough. (laughs) You're never going to eat more than that. It's a yeast extract spread. It's a very, very strong flavor. In North America, we don't tend to eat Marmite very often, although I do daily, but most people don't. And if you're not accustomed to it, I recommend starting very, very small. So like a tiny little thin layer of Marmite spread on something else gives it a really nice, salty, tangy kind of kick. Avocados, yay, one of my favorites. 81 micrograms per 100 grams of avocados. Mangoes, also great. Uh, Lettuce, romaine, endive, butterhead, garden cress. Sweet corn, that's good news. We all eat a lot of sweet corn. Uh, 42 micrograms per 100 grams serving. So that's 61 micrograms per cup, and it's pretty easy to eat a cup of sweet corn. And oranges, 54 micrograms per 100 grams. 
which is great. With MTHFR mutation, if you can eat your 400 micrograms or 400 to 600, remember we have to bump it up if you're drinking alcohol on a daily basis, and avoid folic acid, you've pretty much nailed it, right? Like that is the foundation for a healthy MTHFR lifestyle. Of course, there's a lot of times when it isn't quite so simple. It's a nice, easy benchmark to strive for. So for what to eat for MTHFR, lots of beans, veg, and fruit. No problem. The much harder part is what not to eat. So there's a very small list of fortified foods that have added synthetic folic acid that should be avoided. Also, obviously, all vitamins and supplements with folic acid. The list is short, but impactful. Here it is. Enriched wheat flour. Enriched corn flour. That sounds so easy, right? Two things. Yeah, that wasn't so hard. Except it turns out that it is hard because everything we eat is made with those two things. So we're talking about bread, cereal, pasta, crackers, cookies, corn chips, tortillas, baked goods, and baking mixes for brownies, cookies, whatnot. That's pretty much where the wheels fall off the cart, because in the West, most people don't really know how to eat without hefty doses of all of those things, bread, pasta, crackers, cereal, right? How do you pack your kid's lunch without bread? Oh my God, this is difficult. There are substitutions. That's the good news. There are substitutions, but you have to read labels really carefully. So if you're looking for a substitution for bread, say, Organic breads are very often not fortified. 100% rye bread, very often not fortified. Gluten-free bread, sprouted bread, those are often not fortified. Rice cakes, super easy, super safe. Cereal, also there are organic options that are usually not fortified, but some of them do fortify because people look for those nutrients on the label, right? They say, oh, I want folic acid. Yeah, this one's got more folic acid, so that must be better. Except it's not because it's folic acid instead of natural folate. Cookies, there are gluten-free and organic. They are largely dissatisfying, I think, <laughs> which is which is really sad. So um, make your cookies at home, maybe. Uh, corn chips, there's bean chips that are amazing. I love those. There are organic corn chips. Check to make sure it's unfortified. Tortillas, difficult. There are organic tortillas, sprouted tortillas. There are also rice tortillas that aren't terrible. I don't think they're as good. And baking flour, again, you've got to check the label, right? Most baking flour is enriched. Look for organics, brown rice flour, gluten-free baking mix, wheat alternative flours like buckwheat or sorghum. But again, it's a huge, huge change. So this is the hardest part. This is definitely the most difficult part of MTHFR eating, is avoiding foods that are fortified. Because for every food you're eating that's fortified with folic acid, you are occupying those receptors, right? Because the folic acid will occupy receptors better than natural folates. And you're slowing down the whole process, risking unmetabolized folic acid, and essentially kind of stabbing yourself in the back. Don't do that. <laughs> Just don't. This is a big change from the typical Western diet, but it's very doable, right? Especially now when there's so many products designed for people with gluten sensitivities or people looking for organics. Still, it takes a commitment, especially at first when you're getting used to your new normal. Honestly, when I was making this transition, I just cut out all of those products and had my rice and potatoes with my meals and dropped bread entirely. I picked up rice cakes pretty quickly because I needed something that I could put things on for lunch, right? Like I needed a vehicle for other food. <laughs> why do this, right? It sounds like a giant pain in the tuchus. Why would you do this? Well, the payoff from this one change can be ginormous. It's really significant. Many people report better energy, more stability in moods, reduced brain fog, increased attention, and even better hormone balance. Also, if you're trying to get pregnant, this sets you up for a healthier pregnancy. And honestly, if you have an MTHFR mutation and you're trying to get pregnant, you need to do this yesterday, right? Like this needs to happen. Still doesn't make it easy, but it does make it worth it. 
This is a foundation for a healthy life with MTHFR issues. Many of us MTHFR folks can reduce or resolve any MTHFR issues just by following the diet. Like, that was it. There are a few exceptions, two actually, that I can think of. Uh, MTHFR folks with very low serotonin. So if you're MTHFR and your serotonin is very low and you're coming into this with either a tendency towards depression or just flat out depressed, sometimes these people cannot tolerate folate intake in their diet. And that includes folic acid and natural folate. And so you definitely want to cut out the folic acid, like do that yesterday, right? That should be done already. Get it out of there. But you may not be able to tolerate high foods high in natural folates either because they may actually make your depression worse. And we'll talk about this in detail next week because it's a really kind of interesting side pathway that it took me a long, long time to figure out. We will talk about that next week and we'll kind of give some options for those people, but they may need no folic acid, low natural folate diet. Also, some overmethylators. Interestingly, I'm an overmethylator. It's a little bit less common. Undermethylators are more common. But MTHFR folks who are symptomatic usually fall into one of, one of two categories, overmethylators and undermethylators. We'll talk more about over and undermethylators. We've got it on the calendar for September. So that is coming up as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with this craziness about MTHFR. I'm excited that you're here. Click to subscribe. Also, take a look at the website. We've got a couple of courses coming up. We've got an intro to MTHFR, which is just a short quickie that'll be coming out soon. And then we're also hoping to release MTHFR 101 right around November. Might get pushed back to December, just depending on how crazy things are here. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.